touch him. She couldn't help herself. The man may have been a stranger, but that didn't mask the fear in his voice. Sean, whoever he was, was searching for help. And all he'd found was Sarah. Sarah, who had missed her own goodbyes six years earlier. She decided right there, that was going to be enough. History didn't have to repeat itself. I'm wondering if you can help me out, Sarah said to the operator. I have a phone number, and I need to know who it belongs to. Is it possible for you to look it up for me? I'm sorry, we don't have the capability to do that, the operator explained. Please, Sarah begged. It's an emergency. Someone's life may depend on it. There was a pause on the other line. Sarah knew she was being judged. Finally, the operator said, let me transfer you to a supervisor. Moments later, a woman with a deeper voice asked, can I help you? Sarah quickly relayed the story. She told her about the man and the message and the fear in his voice. The operator fell silent. Again, Sarah felt the weight of judgment. Eventually, the operator said, give me the number and I'll see what I can do. A minute later, she added, the number is registered to a Sean Taylor. I'm not sure if that helps you, but... Okay, Sarah interrupted. She was getting close and her heart was racing. The message was left from Michelle. If she was lucky, they'd be related. That was the only way it would work. She mouthed the silent prayer to herself, then added, I need one more thing. I'm looking for the number of someone named Michelle Taylor. While the operator searched, Sarah checked her watch. 40 minutes to go. Finally, the operator said, I've got six of them, but there's only one here that's close. Your number ends with a 6120. A Michelle Taylor at 435 West 127th Street, apartment 1G, ends with a 6210. That's it. I'll take it. Sarah quickly hung up and dialed Michelle's number. Busy signal. She hung up and tried again. Still busy. Relax, Jared said. Maybe she's on the... What if she's not? They're running out of time, Sarah said, raising her voice. For all we know, the other person's already dead. She picked up the phone and pressed zero. I'd like to make an emergency breakthrough. Thirty seconds later, Sarah said, What do you mean it's off the hook? Are you sure? Feeling the sweat that started to puddle in her hands, Sarah put down the phone and darted for the door. Where are you going, Jared asked. I have to tell her. She needs to know. Are you nuts, Jared said. There's no reason to... It's their last chance, Jared. What if it's her sister who's in the hospital, or her daughter, or her mother? That's all Sarah had to say. It was just as Jared had thought. After what happened to Sarah's own parents, she wasn't going to let it happen to someone else. Not if she could prevent it. Goodbyes mean too much. Jared once again looked at his wife. The tears were already welling in her eyes. Do you want me to come, he asked. No, you stay here and keep trying her number. If you get through, give her the news. In a flash, Sarah was gone. Within five minutes, Sarah was in a cab, racing toward 127th Street. Another glance at her watch, almost 7.30. And it'd take 15 minutes to get there. Time was running out. Can we go any faster, she said to the driver. It's important. As the taxi cut through the scalding night air, Sarah thought about Michelle and what she was going to say to her. Hi, you have to get to the hospital. Hi, your relative only has about 15 more minutes to live. Hi, you don't know me, but I'm about to give you the worst news of your life. Lost in her thoughts, Sarah didn't even notice that the taxi had come to a stop. You sure you're okay in this neighborhood, the driver asked, looking around at the dilapidated houses that dotted the block. Sarah stuffed a $20 bill in his hand and got out of the cab. One last glance at her watch, 12 minutes to go. Sarah ran up the front walk toward the beat-up old tenement. At full speed, she headed straight for 1G. Standing in front of the door, she took a deep breath. This was it. But just as Sarah was about to ring the doorbell, the door flew open. An older black woman with warm eyes stared straight at her. You're Sarah, aren't you? Yeah, how'd you? Just got off the phone with your husband. He told me the whole story. That was real nice of you to come up here. The woman stepped out of the apartment and locked the door. 
I don't mean the run, but I've got to get to the hospital. No, I understand, Sarah stuttered. I'm sorry about your... Ain't nothing to be sorry about. I may have missed a birth, but that doesn't mean I'm missing the baby. Excuse me? She's not dying, girl. She's living. Five pounds, seven ounces. Call me grandma. A wide smile flushed Sarah's face. So the woman in the hospital. She's your daughter? My one and only. The woman ran down the hallway. They've had her flat on her back for the past month. Tell her congratulations, Sarah said, waving goodbye. The woman stopped and turned around. Don't you want to come? Sarah's smile went wider. You sure? She grabbed Sarah by the wrist and dragged her along. Don't give me that nonsense. You didn't come all this way not to see this baby. Besides, we got to think of a name. Something good, too. Something classy. Like Sarah. As they ran to the street, Sarah noticed that it was starting to rain. Just like before. Warm, sticky, and unexpected. The first thing she did was stick out.